from WUSC-FM and HD1 Columbia, I'm Flint Snyder. And I'm Troy Dassing, and for Trey Martin, this is Hot Topics from WUSC News. Coming up, coming up, the winners of the student body government elections are in the process of being announced. We'll run through the results and tell you what happens next. Also, French electronic music duo Daft Punk announced this week that they are breaking up. We'll explain the reason behind the split and the legacy they leave behind in the music world. Plus, the NAACP chapter at USC has called on university officials to change the controversial names on many prominent buildings across campus. Ahead, we sit down with the vice president of the organization to hear more about the Aim to Rename campaign. That's all coming up this week on Hot Topics. Welcome to another episode of Hot Topics right here from WSC News. As always, I'm Clint Snyder. And not like always, <laughs> I'm Troy Dassing in for Trey Martin tonight. Trey is uh, off on a little scouting adventure for us. A little uh, field trip. Yeah, so um, he's out at a f- little fun event out in the community that uh, we will be talking about next week. So be sure to tune into Hot Topics next week to hear from Trey about this super cool event he's checking out for yeah, us right now. Yeah, we are looking forward to hearing that from Trey next week. I know he's listening tonight. So, Trey, howdy. Thanks for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, so, Troy, you, uh, it's an, you've managed to pick the nicest day of 2021 thus far to come in and host today. It is so nice outside. This, like... I, I'm 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 scared. I'm cautious though <laughs> because we've we've been teased with this beautiful like like sp- basically spring weather. Mm-hmm. But like I'm afraid it's I'm gonna get the rug pulled out from under me and I'm gonna like it's gonna be like forty something degrees the next time I go outside. Yeah, this is what they call fake spring. Yeah, this is yeah. Mother <laughs> Nature is just kind of like oh, just got gotcha. you. Yeah, South Carolina is used to it. Though. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the horseshoe was. Filled with people mm-hmm. today, though. It was so nice to see because yeah. I feel like everyone's kind of been hiding a little bit for COVID and everyone yeah, just kind exactly. of came out today. The socially distanced, of course. We all stay safe still. But uh, but yeah, no, a very, a very exciting yeah. day on the horseshoe today. We also had some exciting news happening right outside our studios at the Russell House right now where election results for the student body uh, election, government elections are being announced right now. If you remember correctly, Troy, last week on the show, we had Emily Dangler, uh, Vice presidential campaign from the uh, vice presidential candidate rather from the Evolve campaign on to talk about their platform, and uh, she minutes ago was actually just announced the winner yeah. of the vice presidential race. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, um, really enjoyed having Emily on, and um, I hate we weren't able to get any other candidates on. However, uh, we were able to get some more candidates interviewed in GMG. If mm-hmm. you head over to um, SGTV, there's a lot of they did some phenomenal like 60 minute style interviews. Yeah, if y'all want to check those out. But yeah. Um, Emily Dengler, the person we had on last week, was just announced as vice president-elect for the student body. Very exciting stuff. And uh, Morgiana McDevitt was just announced as speaker of the Senate. Yeah. And uh, this is super exciting. We love having uh, student body elections announced. It's a really cool event. Uh, I stopped by before I came into the station. There's a whole big crew of people out there with uh, everyone was wearing masks, but uh, all super business professional yeah yeah yeah. so this is definitely where the live aspect of the show really shows itself off because you know we're on air right now and we're just outside is where they're announcing the results right now so results are slowly but steadily coming in so we'll be sure to keep you guys updated throughout the show um they were promised to us by 540 
But of course, like most things, they are taking a little bit longer than expected, so we will be sure to get those to y'all um, as they come across. And as Troy mentioned, stay with uh, just Garnet Media Group socials. That's the Daily Gamecock, WSC, uh, SGTV for all the latest updates. Um, they will be on there as well. But we are moving from uh, elections to a breakup of sorts, a big one in the music yes. industry. Daft Punk, the French electronic music duo, announcing this week that they are breaking up after almost 30 years together it's so incredible sad. yeah and i mean they we haven't gotten an exact hard set in stone reason as to why they're breaking up but everyone's like 99 percent sure they're just retiring yeah because in france when you turn 50 that's like you retire mm. like that's that's just how it is over there and they've hit that age they're, they're around 50 and so they people are just assuming that they're just retiring. They've been doing this for over 30 years. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people are like one of the big things that I've seen on social media is like people are really sad that they're retiring because we're not, they're, they're not going to get a farewell tour. And people think that if COVID ha- hadn't happened, there would have been like a huge Daft mm. Punk like farewell tour. Yeah. Let the uh, let the rumors swirl now. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think. I've got my fingers crossed, at least, mm-hmm. that in the future we'll see like a because they that one of their most popular songs is "One More Time." Mm-hmm. It's like the "One More Time" tour mm-hmm. or something like that. I think that would be super cool to have. And I, they would make tons of money. That too. Would, that you know the timing and just the way they announced it, much like their identity, was very ambiguous mm-hmm. in my opinion mm-hmm. because. Like you said, they're published. They they just released a, a video kind of hinting at the fact that they were breaking up. And then their publicist confirming that news but giving no reason for the breakup. And then, yeah, like you said, I, it, it just baffles me that they would not do at least a final farewell, yeah. so, like a, just a concert at least, let alone yeah, a tour. Or you like know? post something virtual like yeah. them like taking off their helmets mm-hmm. and like saying goodbye have they ever taken off their helmets before i'm, I'm pretty sure they have and there's definitely pictures out there because it's kind of hard to go 30 years without showing mm-hmm. your face right but i mean for the most part they've kept them on for their shows and stuff but yeah i i'm gonna be one of the believers in the fact that after COVID and like concerts are ramping back up, mm-hmm. that we'll see something eventually. We'll speak it into existence. Uh, just yeah. for anyone out there listening who might not necessarily know who Daft Punk is, they were the uh, they were the uh, cult like electronic music duo from France. They had they wore the really space looking helmets. Yeah, um, I'm describing this like a really old person <laughs> right now. Um, but they uh, but they if I feel like our generation, myself, you know, in particular, was introduced to them with their um, collaboration with pharrell williams do their song get lucky that's the one that people might be synonymous with them with Mm -hmm. um and then also but you know i was kind of struck that and i was just found this out this week that they had been together for over two almost three decades and a lot of their success was in the beginning of their career obviously but then towards the end as well they like you said the or like i said the pharrell um collab they had and then um one of the more recent uh success hits that they have had was with the weekend yep. and uh, their song, song Starboy, which is on their soft with the weekend sophomore album. They had a couple of collabs with the uh, Daft Punk on mm-hmm. that album. Yeah, and I thought you know it, it's just crazy how they were able to just manage to stay so relevant, you know, throughout exactly. this whole time. Yeah. 
and even find success towards the end of the career because usually it's like, oh, we're kind of fading off. Like, no, they just had success yeah. four or five years ago. It's and not I, been that long. I think that one of their big things is that they were a little bit ahead of the curve too. I think so too. When, when they started, they they had this sound that was so unique and that's what kind of got them off the ground. And mm-hmm. then as other sounds started evolving, they kind of caught up yeah. to that and Daft Punk was already there. Yeah. And so they stayed popular and people knew them and they had a massive following so that it just didn't stop. Yeah. So, and and that, that, that again just comes back around to why just this dropout all of a sudden. Yeah. And, and I know, you know, say what you want about them. Some people do feel a type of way about them, like uh, love them or hate them. But they, they definitely did leave their mark in the music industry oh, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and definitely inspired the sound that a lot of contemporary musicians are putting out today and for years to come for sure. So I, I'm definitely going to miss them and their collabs um, for sure. Um, but like I said, I'm with you, Troy. I hope yeah. this is not the last that we hear from them because they're too good, you know? For sure. Um, But yeah, so we are going to take a little bit of a break here. But coming up next, we got to sit down for a really incredible interview with um, the vice president of the NAACP chapter here at the University of South Carolina. Last week, that organization announced their Aim to Rename campaign. We're going to explain to you what that is, why it is now just making uh, grounds, and kind of show you that interview. That's after the break. You're listening to Hot Topics from WSC News. We'll be right back. Back now at 617 on Hot Topics. Uh, we, uh, Trey and I actually got to sit down for a very um, cool interview yesterday, a very important interview for sure. Um, and you were on the call too, Troy. We actually yes. we actually got to sit down with the um, vice president of um, the NAACP chapter here at USC. Her name is uh, Krishna Alexander. And last week, if you remember correctly, uh, on the show, we talked about how they kind of um, launched their Aim to Rename campaign, which is a campaign calling on university officials to rename a lot of uh, building names on campus um, that the the organization feels that the people that those buildings are named after have had controversial um pasts and ties with slavery and racism. Uh, so it was a very important interview indeed. Um, it was pre-recorded uh, yesterday, so we are going to play that for you right now. This is again the vice president of the NAACP chapter here at the University of South Carolina, Krishna Alexander. I just wanted to start off by asking um, a little bit about you. Um, what year are you at USC and what are you studying? Right, so I'm a freshman here at the university class of 24, and I'm a political science major. So a freshman, and you're already getting really involved um, with, you know, the the student body. Um, so what um, motivated you to, um, you know, take on the position of vice president of the NAACP chapter? So NAACP has always held a real strong place in my life growing up. I know um, history was my favorite subject, obviously, since I'm a political science major, but um, as an aspiring lawyer, the NAACP just as a huge civil rights movement and the political giants that 
went before me. I just looked up to them so much that when I heard about the chapter um, becoming rechartered here on campus, I, there was no way I could resist getting involved. And because of what it stands for and, you know, with our president, Kaylee, wanting to do such an amazing job of sparking positive change, I knew that I could be a part of an exec board that wanted, you know, the same idea as me. And uh, you mentioned that the chapter was kind of restarted here. Um, so do you know why it was not on the campus for so long? So originally NAACP was on campus, but of course, due to upperclassmen transitioning off and not having enough members to continue, um, the chapter just kind of dwindled down a little bit. And then as the rechartering process started to um, take action, probably right before um, or a little bit right before I got onto campus, um, there was a lot of miscommunication from the national chapter to local chapter here. So we couldn't really get you know, communication stuff figured out. So finally this year we worked our best. And um, thanks to, I know Raylan Cook who started this whole process um, before Kaylee and I, who's the president before we got here. So once we got that figured out, everything started rolling this year. Perfect. Um, and so obviously the, the aim to rename campaign has gotten a lot of attention. Um, are there other things that you guys are working on um, currently right now? And, and what are some of the things that I guess are on y'all's agenda this semester? So originally this in this month, of course, being Black History Month, we were really working towards a Black History Bowl that could um, ultimately become an annual thing just to get, you know, people's participation and member participation. But sadly, due to COVID and, you know, with spaces being so limited, we didn't get to follow through with that. But that's definitely something that we're working on. Um, right now, mostly we're doing fundraising stuff just to go ahead and get members involved and to, you know, get our name known throughout student body. But that's, and besides aim to aim, that's about all we're working on right now, just staying, staying busy. Briefly describe to people, it's got a lot of traction on social media, but for anyone that is listening tonight and might not know, what is the aim to rename initiative? So Aim to Re Rename initiative came about from us trying to um, just spark the movement of changing the um, historically racial names on campus of our buildings. Since we are a flagship institution, we wanted to go ahead and spark a movement to get student body involved, um, as well as to get the image across to our board and um, President Kelson as well. So you guys are seeking uh, or pressing university officials to rename a lot of prominent buildings on campus. Can you give us a couple uh, of examples of names that you guys would like rechanged or renamed or buildings that you would like renamed and why? Um, mostly right now, um, as president, my president, Kaylee Bright, stated at the press conference, we were looking at Sims Residential Hall. Um, Sims is named after a individual who, a man who literally performed surgeries on African-American women and African-Americans in general without anesthesia um, and some awful things that also happened within his past. So we were really just drawn to starting to research other buildings. And then, of course, Thomas Cooper and uh, many of others on campus that have some racially like just some things that just aren't cool um, and racial sort background. So we are working towards Sims, Thomas Cooper, just to name um just to name two, but there are a couple more if people want to find out. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, you guys held the press conference last week. It got a lot of traction. Uh, A lot of local media outlets outside of the university covered it as well. Um, What has the reaction from university officials been like? Um, Because I know this this push to rename started a little a, a couple months before this press conference was even held. So what have have university officials reached out to the NAACP chapter specifically? Have they promised any commissions to look into renaming? What has the university response been like at, at the top levels? So we haven't received um, much feedback from university officials as the NAACP um branch here on campus. Um, We do know that, of course, as they've stated before, the commission's trying to release some things um, within the next couple of months. Um, They did say that they were going to release a timeline in which we could expect this stuff. Um, But we are seriously, I think that's the only kind of feedback that we've gotten besides it really being student body is what we've heard from um, and people outside of the university that may have just seen the press conference in general. But as far as hearing from university officials, we haven't heard much. And what's your reaction to that? Do you feel as if university officials are doing enough to hear your concerns about these building names? I think because of the issue at hand, um, they may be listening, but they don't really want to speak out on it just because they know that we'll have a lot of comeback. Um, of course, we feel as though it should be a quick process, um, even though we know it's going to take a good bit of time. I also just think that communication wise, it hasn't really been the best historically between the commission and students, which is what kind of led to this entire thing. I feel as though if students had more insight as to, you know, a timeline or commission being able to talk to students, um, then we would feel a little bit more at ease. But because of the lack of communication, we kind of just feel like it's been kind of stagnant, whether they say they're making process or not, um, whether their heart's in the right place, which we've heard, um, When I did an interview um, last week, there was an individual that talked to legislators who their hearts are in the right place. They want us to do this. They want us to get it done so we can have this movement, you know, be a success. But if we don't have that communication, we're not going to know that. So right now, I think that's where we're standing. A lot of critics um, to your initiative say that it would violate the Heritage Act. So briefly explain what the Heritage Act is for anyone listening and Um, your response to that? So basically the Heritage Act prohibits the removal and alteration of monuments or memorials um, on any state or, you know, subdivisions, property. And while we understand the act and we understand why it was in place, um, we also have that battle between removing, it would be a difference if it was an actual disturbance, like if we were trying to cause a ruckus or things of that sort, we stand, of course, by our Carolinian creed. We have this entire, we stand on a flagship institution that speaks about diversity and inclusion. So when it comes to this, we would, they say that it doesn't really fall, that it would have a problem with the Heritage Act, but then we're fighting against it being, you know, well, what, like, names do matter and what they stand for. So that's why we're kind of really taking this movement on, you know, legislators taking that action to help us fall on the right side of history. Um, So this is obviously um, a a movement that um, has 
it's not going to go in away anytime soon. Um, and it's been picking up momentum, um, not only in the last couple months, but just nationwide. Um, I, I feel like the, there's been a, a huge call. So kind of going back to um, the press conference last week, um, when you saw the reception from, uh, I guess, the student body, uh, different very uh, different areas, I guess, um, was it was it motivating? What was kind of your reaction to um, other people's reaction to y'all, you know, making such a, you know, a declarative stance like this is what we're going to do? Honestly, the press conference for me was very overwhelming um, just because when we stood there and, you know, we expected, you know, NAACP members, of course, to come out, show their support. Um, we expected, you know, some people from um, Alpha Phi, like the fraternity to come. And we expected, you know, a few hits here and there. But when the press conference started gearing up and it was almost time to start speaking and everyone from faculty and staff, I know that my, as a freshman, you know, your U101 professor is the one that you'll remember for like forever. And he was there and all of these people started filing in. It was so overwhelming and it did give us, you know, it, we feel like it was like a fire lit to us because it was like, okay, we're pushing for the right things. The student body understands that we're pushing for the right things. They support it. It would be different if we didn't have, you know, historic facts to base, like to base it off of. And we were just going based off emotion. We are fighting for something that our university stands for. And so the fact that students and faculty, um, we know that our president speaks about diversity and inclusion here, President Calson. So the fact that they support that and they support us and they're actually hearing us as a student body it makes all the difference in the world because we can only do as an organization, as a small organization on a huge campus, we can only do so much. Yeah. And I, I was really struck by um, the emotional tone that the uh, president's speech took um, saying that uh, she felt uncomfortable by these names of these buildings, that it creates an unwelcoming environment. I'm, I'm wondering if you could kind of expand, you know, personally for you, how you are affected or how these building names make you feel as a, just a Carolina student in general? So choosing to come to Carolina, obviously I came in with the knowledge of it being um, a PWI, so a primarily white institution. Um, as a political science major, we are in the heart of a capital. So it gives us, you know, an area to just expand and to grow. Um, and for me personally, just to dive into what I love. Um, being on a campus that, you know, is the flagship institution of the state that you know, has such an amazing rep for producing amazing students, for producing amazing people that contribute to society, you would just expect to come to, you know, a campus that's all inclusive. And so these names, people, the co constant comment that we've heard is that, you know, it's just a name. It's just a name. But when you are an African-American who has, like, you've seen things and grew up hearing things, names matter. We remember we remember things not based off of just experiences, but because of names. And so for my president in her case, she lives in Sims. So she's an, a young African-American woman waking up to a name in a building that is named after a person that would not have even wanted her there. Nonetheless, probably wanted her to do a lot of the things that she's doing like she is now. For me personally, it's like we are here on a, like on a campus where there are names that surround us every day that remind us of the past. And so while we cannot change that, it would help for us to change those names because, you know, we just, we're trying to grow 
and we're trying to continue. And so we can actually fall and continue to make a positive change by doing like by doing that. I just want to ask really quick. I just was kind of struck last weekend at the uh, press conference or last week at the press conference that a lot of these speakers were like yourself, freshman students. You know, I was kind of just blown away by that. Just personally, what has it been like coming to college at a time of, you know, on top of COVID, you know, we have this huge social change happening in the country and you are at leading the the move on a flagship campus to press university officials to change a lot of very prominent buildings on campus. Like, I don't think that should be undermined. Like, what? that's crazy. What What does that feel like? What is the, you know, what has the experience been like to you? Um, honestly, I, it's really indescribable. Um, I'm one that just, I do what I love and it's always just been something for me to want to promote positive change. I love this university. Um, it could like, I couldn't have made a better decision when choosing to come to school. Um, and I love the people that I work with on my exec board. This is truly, you know, it's just an honor and a privilege to serve the student body. And so, if my name is attached to something that's making a positive change, such as this organization, then, I mean, I can't ask for anything better. It's been overwhelming simply because it's like, once we got rechartered, it wasn't, you know, okay, let's get membership up. Let's run normal things as a recharter organization would the NAACP hit the ground running, literally. So um, it's been overwhelming, but it has been so rewarding even though we haven't even reached the ultimate goal yet, we're still pushing, but we are standing on the side of optimism and we're really excited. So um, what could just um, the average student or the everyday listener do to um, help your movement or to support your movement? Um, Honestly, contacting legislation, like legislation is a huge part. People really don't understand how important that that can be. The Heritage Act is still a living, breathing thing that we are facing every day. So writing to legislators, um, we do have, of course, our slogan aim to rename with the whole campaign. So students sharing their stories about what it means to them. Um, I understand that from my perspective, it can be different. However, it's, it's not just impacting me because, you know, I, it's not just one person living in one building or my president living in another building. There are multiple students. So all students are able to share their experience um, here, whether they're different, similar, alike, whatever the case is, share your stories with the Aim to Rename campaign. Um, and simply just, you know, supporting us, whether it's when we have these events and things like that, if it, when the student body gets up behind organizations, we can move as one force together which helps make things, you know, unified and we move, you know, together as a team. And uh, is there anything that we haven't asked you about that uh, you would like to include? I can't think of anything. I cannot. I, everyone, I think you've hit everything on the head, especially with the Heritage Act. Yes. Sorry. Um, no. So, um, are, do you guys have any... Um, like social media or um, anywhere that uh, we can find um, this movement like on the internet? So the most that we will, um, like where everything is, we are on Instagram at um, U of SC underscore NAACP. Um, we are also on Twitter with the same U of SC underscore NAACP. Um, and that's about it for social media for us. Um, we're not on Facebook, but we are like the exec board is individually, but not on like not with an organization page. 
And that was Krishna Alexander. She's the vice president of the U of SC chapter of the NAACP right here on campus. Uh, thank you uh, to Krishna for sitting down with us for that um, interview yesterday. We really appreciate her coming on the show and giving us her time um, for the interview. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of Hot Topics. Join us every Wednesday for the latest news and entertainment, culture, food, and everything in between. Hot Topics is a production by WSC News and Garnet Media Group. You can catch other WSC News shows on Monday and Friday at 6 p.m. and on garnetmediagroup.org. And make sure you stick with Garnet Media Group platforms for updates on student government election results. Plus, if you're not able to catch WSC News shows live, check out our podcast for all the highlights. Stream them on Apple, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search WSC News. Plus, for round-the-clock updates about future shows, follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at WUSC News. I'm Troy Dassing. And I'm Flint Snyder. Thanks for joining us. And remember to keep it hot.